The pandemic has changed a lot of things, but one thing that it didn't change is the fact that you need to know about prominent artists, singers, musicians, entrepreneurs, parents, and those that are definitely making their mark in ministry and in other areas of life. The Abundant Living Talk Show podcast does just that. Join me as I talk to world changers and find out how they came about their business ideas, their dreams, and they are living their abundant life. Each week, you'll hear a new interview with somebody who's showcasing their talent, shining light on their craft, and just telling you about their abundant living experience. If somebody asks you how you're living, I hope you say abundantly. I'm Latia S. Brock. Thanks so much for joining me. Brock, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Abundant Living Talk Show and Podcast. I'm excited today because my guest is none other than Diane I. Daniels, or as I love to call her, D.I.D. Diane Daniels has been in business for over 40 years, and I know that our talk today about taking care of business will be just what fellow business owners need in order to spark the positive change for their businesses. So I'm going to bring on my guest, Diane I. Daniels. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you, D.I.D.? Oh, I'm wonderful. How about yourself? Doing well. No need to complain. It's a beautiful day. Yes, it is. I'm so excited because I get to share with listeners what I already know, that you are the business. You are the bee's knees, as they say. 
I'm so excited to share your knowledge today, to listen to the tips that you have for us fellow business owners, and to just get some ideas about where you're headed next in your journey. Well, I'm excited to be here. Glad that you asked me, and I hope I can live up to your expectations. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. So I didn't want to read your entire bio because I always give the guest a chance to talk about themselves. So for our listeners, who is Diane Inez Daniels? <laughs> now, that's funny you say that because I try to be very humble and not talk about myself because that's what God wants us to do. But if I think about myself, I hope that people look at me as being humble um, I tried to be a good sister. I was a good daughter to my parents, Clarence and Edna Daniels. Um, I tried to be a good friend and I just tried to live by the rules and order that God get, uh, has given me. So I just try to be a reflection of him when people look at him and think about him. I hope that when they see me coming, they hope that a great person is coming down the road. I definitely can say you are a great person, a wonderful role model, role model, um, mentor. The list continues. A great thing that I did read in your bio, just some of the awards that you received over the years. Would you mind telling our listeners what those are? <laughs> um. I always have to look at a list myself, so I don't really remember them. But I can tell you that a few of the ones that I really am honored to have received was uh, before COVID, I was listed as one of the top 50 women in the state of Pennsylvania. That is a great honor that somebody thinks about you like that. And also to be inducted in the... Business Hall of Fame, Women and Minority Business Hall of Fame. That also was a, a great business. And I've been honored by Connie Portis, who is one of my mentors. I've known her a long time, and she has been a friend and has brought me along the way. But I'm going to say one of the most important awards that I ever got, I lived in New York, and I worked with a double Dutch team and did a lot of stuff with youth. And there was a guy and he made a, an award with his hands uh, and it was a youth award for his organization. Out of all the awards, any award that I get that pertains to young people are the ones that are my favorite. But I've been the small business woman of the year. Um, I, I can't even think of them. So uh, I tried to be humble, so I don't even remember them. We'll definitely have those listed, though, on the Abundant Living talk show page so our listeners can follow up. Um, and then as far as business goes, I said over 40 years, but how long have you actually been in business? You know, to be honest with you, I've been in business almost as long as I've been born. Oh, my goodness. My, <laughs> my dad was a drummer, and I used to roadie for him, and my mother... Uh, was active in the church and was always was in fashion shows and I always wrote the words and did things for them and my grandparents always had me doing things in church uh, writing that's how I knew I was going to be a writer so 
all those things, uh, all the times that they had me doing these chores, I really was an entrepreneur at that time and didn't even know it. You know, when they say when you, uh, your parents mold you for things and as long as they push you to do those things, that you are those things from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. I kind of... I've kind of been uh, an entrepreneur since I could walk because of the being a roadie for my dad and helping my mom get dressed in fashion shows. And when I was a junior in high school, I wrote my first article and it was published in a newspaper called uh, the Now Newspaper. And that was published then. And that's when I knew I was going to be a journalist. So it all combined. So you've been in the business, like you said, all your life. And I can definitely identify with parents doing things. You instantly, you know, become a part of the business. I know that the tribe would say <laughs> that's the same for me. If I'm working, right. we're all working. So right. you've been in business for quite a while. And you've done a great job at it. Um, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. You really have. You really have. With, you know, the current situation with the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. So that did spike the uh, self-employment rate and LLCs and nonprofits. Um, I see a lot of people starting businesses weekly, even on my timeline. What are some practices that you could give to new business owners that can possibly help them um, in order to be successful? I would always say, look at your gifts and know who you are and what you do best. Um, also, I would say be humble. Um, work with people, other people that can help you. You don't know everything and you can't do everything yourself. So if you're not good with money, make sure you have a good accountant, have a good lawyer, uh, look at your competition, work with your competition, but just, but always do things that you know that you're good at. If you're learning as you go, they say on the job training is good and it is, but you should definitely know what you want to do. So do your research and work with other people that have skills. Uh, no man is an island. I definitely agree with that. And something that you said that stuck out to me, we don't know it all. Oftentimes we're not coachable. Um, and I've learned that, you know, with a lot of business ventures, sometimes you have to sit down and listen to somebody that has, you know, done the business venture that you're hoping to do, um, or even just sit down to somebody who may have better ideas or be able to help you with your current ideas. So that's all great information. Now right. we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, we've talked about you being the businesswoman and you've done a wonderful job with DID and Associates, but I wanted to talk about your current focus. What is your current focus? <laughs> um, I always like to help small businesses and I've really been doing a lot in the community as I started in 1983 and I've always tried to let God lead me. And right now he is leading me to work with others to help strengthen themselves and their skills. But my focus really has been a lot on community development, trying to make sure that the community in which I live is getting strengthened because nothing that we do is for ourselves. 
everything that we do is for others. And in my community, it's a lot of older people and I like to help them. Um, I'm older, so I, I know how the community, what kind of community I wanna work in. But at the same time, I love working with younger people. You mentioned being a mentor and I am a mentor to younger, younger people. But I, I, I like to work with small businesses that are just starting or that are midway. So I, I, I just try to be a part of the team. Definitely. And why is, and I know you've touched on it a little bit, you said about, you know, the seniors in your community and the youth in your community. Why is this community work so important to you? Well, uh, we live here. Um, God has given us what he's given us in the community where he has us is where it's part of our temple. He said that our bodies are a temple and that's true. But where we live, uh, that's where we have invested everything, our money. So my community is very important to me because I want to live in a good place. Um, I want the people around me to be in a good place. So those things are very, very important to me. I definitely understand. And would you mind sharing the community that you're currently in or do you want to leave that? <laughs> oh no, I live in I live in East Hills and I'm proud to live in East Hills. And I say that because when people think East Hills, they think small-minded. But a community our community is way bigger than what people think. We start down on Oakwood if you live in the city of Pittsburgh and uh, we we have a, a, a larger area. It's not just a housing development area like people think. So with the majority of our residents being senior, we have one of the most stable communities in the city. We are either the first community in the city of Pittsburgh or we are the last uh, community in Pittsburgh because we're east. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we took that tour, I remember we took the, <laughs> the driving tour that day and I couldn't believe how much, uh, how many neighborhoods East Hills actually is made up of. Would you just shout out some of those neighborhoods? Because I shocked Amber the other day, just telling her, you know, just some of the neighborhoods that are considered East Hills. Well, we're on the border of Wilkinsburg and Penn Hills. We're on the, we're on the tip of... Homewood. So we have we come up Frankstown, we go down Calistoga, Tokay, uh, Sunrise, Remington, and these are streets, Calistoga, these are streets that people never don't even know anything about. Mm-hmm. And uh, very semi- busy streets. Right. And even semis and second chance, they're in the city of Pittsburgh. The Salvation Army that's down on Frankstown. That is in, that community is in East Hills, but people think that it's in. But that's the great thing about, you know, knowing where you live, knowing your community. Oftentimes we don't know these things. So it's ignorance that has us thinking, oh no, that doesn't affect me. It does. It does. If it's your neighbor, if it's your neighborhood, if it's your community, things that are taking place, changes that are taking place, good or bad, they do affect you. They do affect you in the long run. Um, 
Absolutely. And and Pittsburgh is made up of 88 neighborhoods and people don't realize that. Um, and when they think the city of Pittsburgh, we reach a far, a far range. So those things are important. Yes, we should know. And that's why I like to work with uh, young people to help help them uh, have a bigger vision of who they are and where they live. They are just not their neighborhood. Yes, yes, yes. And East Hills, as far as it goes, I can remember even in my adult life, I've always come back to Wilkinsburg. And then when I moved to my current street, half our street is Wilkinsburg, half our street is Pittsburgh. And the side that we're on is considered East Hills. You right. know? So when people say, oh, you live in East Hills, I'm like, no, I live in Wilkinsburg. And but no, I actually live in the East Hills community because right. I am the first house that's considered Pittsburgh. Right. And it wasn't until I would say, you know, recently that I, you know, I, I was able to discover like, wait a minute, <laughs> these signs are different. You know, the, the police that you call um, to the neighborhood when you call police officers, Pittsburgh responds over here, Wilkinsburg responds over here. So right. there is a difference. We are right. in the East Hills community. We are a strong community. Um, right. There's a lot of youth in the community. So like you said, your focus is on the older generation and the younger generation. There's a lot of young people within the East Hills community who can definitely benefit from somebody taking you know, the time to invest in them. So that is definitely appreciated. I wanna- in the housing development alone, there's over 700 young people, and that includes infants, but there's over 700 young people just in the housing development at the top of East Hills alone. Yes, and that's not even, like you said, touching those other streets. So I can only imagine the impact that these young people will grow up one day to make positive impact on the world. I'm looking forward to it. I know that five of my babies, uh, Mm -hmm. the babies that I birthed, they're going to do some wonderful things. So I can only imagine what 700 plus young people are going to be able to accomplish by just, you know, growing up, having the structure, having that helping hand, what impact they're going to make on the world. Right. Now we're going to head to our next few questions. Um, who is your inspiration? I know that sometimes we look at, you know, where we are, but how did you get to this place? Who was your inspiration or who is currently your inspiration? Well, of course, God is always at the top of my list, but my parents were my inspiration and my grandmother. To this day, my grandmother is still my inspiration. I have a picture of her on my wall, and um, I look at her sometimes when I'm questioning. My parents are deceased, and I have a picture of them, and sometimes when I have questions, I look at them and I say, Lord, please um, help them give me the right answers and lead me to where you want me to be. But just the people that I work with, my family is my inspiration. My husband is my inspiration and my friends are inspiration like you're an inspiration. Um, I like working with young people. So just the things and the people that I I work with are inspiration. But Connie Portis has always been a very important person in my life. Uh, She I helped her from the beginning and she's and when I mess up, she always tells me and there's nobody that really will say, well, Diane, look at this. Think about it this way. So um, and life is my inspiration. Every day that I get up, I just say, thank you, Lord, and um, try to just go 
and do the best and be the best that I can. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, and it's great to know that I'm an inspiration. That puts a tear in my eye. I'm not going to cry <laughs> on this show. I've cried on previous shows. I'm going to be a big girl today. But that, that does put a, a tear in my eye. It makes me think. Because um, you always want your work to be, you know, translated in a positive way. And like you said, to remain humble. We don't often toot our own horn. But to hear that you inspire someone, that's great. That's great. So right. in addition to your wonderful years in business, I always ask my guests to let us know, of course, you don't know the whole future and maybe don't want to divulge everything that you have in the works, but tell us about the road ahead for DID. Ooh. Well, um, you know, you should never look uh, ahead because God wants us to look in the present. But when I think about things, I've done a lot of things throughout my life and I've met three presidents. Um, I've been in the present presence of uh, uh, Biden. He was vice president at that time. So when I look back, I've always liked to tell people stories and those situations enabled me to be able to tell people stories. So now I'm trying to um, learn more skills. Social media is so important now and working with people like you, you're gonna help pull me along to say, I've written a lot, but now take it to the next level. And the yes. next level is um, maybe doing it in a way, like I'm a photographer, so I need to take those pictures and get them out there more and just show people how far we have come, but how far we could go. So working with younger people, even like your daughters, uh, so it's me, you, and them. So from those generations, it, it's going to help me just be a better person to help you be a better person to help your children be a better person. So when I look at the future, I just try to say the young people are our future, as Whitney said. Um, the children are our future. And as a child of God, I just want to uh, look at my futures as keep bettering the community and working with people to better themselves to be able to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And I'm in agreement with that. And for you to say the pictures that you've taken, you guys, if you've never seen her work, there's pictures, Jesse Jackson. Um, oh, what other pictures they, they just took my breath away? Just so many other pictures through the years that I've been able to see. And I know she has a lot more. It's hard as a photographer because people always say, well, how many pictures have you taken? I don't know. <laughs> And I know you probably don't know how many you've taken in your lifetime because you have reported and, you know, done a lot of coverage for a lot of people, even in the city of Pittsburgh, um, you know, a lot of small businesses and other people that you gave, you know, the space to, to share their talents or their business. So I know you've taken a lot of pictures that I'm eager to see. And, you know, I'll be grateful for you to share with us because it's needed. It's needed. Right. Right. Um, I think that right. true photography is, you know, a lost art. A lot of times we're seeing um, a lot of, you know, people say that photographers, but to me, it's so much more than just, you know, capturing it and putting it out there. The story behind the photos. So right. I'm, I'm interested in hearing those stories behind those moments that you chose to capture. Right. And because of because I was the business writer for The Courier 
for so many years, that put me in the situation that I've been able to do that. Because I've been with President former President Obama three times. Um, mm. and, and those were good things. But one of my favorite pictures that I've ever taken is with um, Angela Davis. Because when I grew up, Angela Davis was, was a person, now I'm bald head now, but I remember <laughs> I tried to get my hair froed up like hers was because of the things that she was doing. And before COVID, I had the opportunity to attend an event at Penn State. And I was just listening to her voice and clicking those pictures. And those are some of my favorite because I remember, you know, sitting with my grandmother and she and them just talking about, you know, Angela Davis and, and the Black Panthers. And it was like, oh my goodness. And that's part of the reason why I am who I am because of the past. Uh, people like her and um, Dick Gregory, oh my goodness. Martin Luther King, the things that they were doing. I really wished I'd have been able to take his picture. That would have been awesome as well. Ooh, but you do continue goodness. the work within the community. You do continue the work. Um, I think so many times people think that activism is just, you know, standing outside and pounding the pavement or waving a sign. But you have been an advocate and an activist on many, you know, of the community issues, even now. Um, just going back to the fact of the East Hills community, getting that chance of rejuvenation. Um, it's hard because there's so many negative things associated with certain neighborhoods here. Um, but getting that chance at rejuvenation and revitalization, I would definitely say for East Hills, you have been that advocate and that voice that's needed. Um, even your work that you're doing with the East Hills Consensus Group. So for those listening that live in the East Hills community, you can definitely join the, the mission of getting the youth involved, cleaning up our area, helping out with the parks. Um, and that's going to be every third Thursday of every month. Um, and we meet at 6 p.m. So just those things that you're doing, you're continuing that work. You know, it's not just about protest and, you know, um, marching, but there's so many other things that you can do to become an active part in your community. Amen. Yes, yes. So we've talked about the road ahead and just some of the things that you're going to be doing. How can our listeners get in touch with you if they would like to uh, get involved, if they would like to? Now, you're no longer um, writing as the, you know, the business writer, but if they had a story that they wanted you to cover or wanted to sit down and talk with you, um, how would they get in touch with you? How would our listeners be able to reach you? Well, they can call me at 412-241-4436. I'm on Facebook under DID and Associates, or you could always email me at DIDAssociates at gmail, no, DIDAssociates1 at gmail.com. So I try to be visible uh, through social media. And a lot of times people basically see me on the street. <laughs> if there's an event, DID will possibly be there. Um, we've had the, the chance to go to quite a few events since we're back open right now. I'm appreciating that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really appreciating that. Um, so make sure you guys, if you see her in the community, say hello, introduce yourself. Get involved. It's so needed. 
It's so necessary. Um, any final thoughts, DID, that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, well, you just said a key thing. You said get involved. Uh, Bev Smith, who used to be a popular radio host here, that was her words, get involved and always be able to say and be happy and be able to say, yes, I did it. Um, because that's very, very important, being involved and just help people. Sometimes the smallest things can be a joy to people. Open the door for somebody. Just be helpful and uh, just try to be better every day. Just try to be a better person. And uh, we have some serious things going on. And just take somebody's hand and lead them along the way. Yes, yes. We are helpers one to another. And as I always like to say that everyone needs a helping hand. And I mm-hmm. thank you for the helping hand that you give me in the tribe always. Mm-hmm. And for over, like I said, 40 plus years, you said, since you've been alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> since you've been born, right. the help that you've given, the spotlight, the platform that you've given to so many businesses. Um, if you guys have ever read The Courier, that story, there's many stories that have been covered by DID, by her taking her time to just show and shed some light on a fellow person. So that is appreciated. I look forward to the road ahead. I look forward to, again, the stories behind the piece. We're going to post the information on how our listeners can connect with you via email, telephone, and then your social media handles. And I'm so, again, grateful that you were my guest today on the Abundant Living Talk Show and Podcast. Well, I just appreciate you asking me. And it's always a pleasure to be able to help you and the tribe because it's a lot of fun and um, people don't know you're hilarious. So um, it's always a pleasure and your children are hilarious, but you know, they're little yous and um, five little bees. (laughs) You know, you're doing some good work and I think those are some great things. So it's always a pleasure and I appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And until next time, listeners, if you're listening to the Abundant Living talk show and podcast, until next time, if someone asks you how you're living and you don't say abundantly, you might want to fix that. This is Latia S. Brock signing out with Diane I. Daniels, a.k.a. D.I.D. And until next time, please make sure you're living your abundant life.